Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Hello and welcome to the first in the new series of Countryside's podcasts here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermud and myself, Simon Clark. And we've had a few weeks off, haven't we, during the election and things like that. And how is things on the farm, Kiri? Busy enough? Yeah, very busy at the minute. The dry weather certainly helped to get the harvest in. And um, yeah, it's topping time as well. So the, the sheep are all in their groups ready to see their new boyfriends. Yeah, what, what, how, many, how many would you have on the farm? Um, we're, at the minute, it's just the pedigree ones. So we have 250 of those getting ready for the ram. Um, but the other ones are later in the year. And a bit of, I suppose, you know, the people saying about the crops are in, you know, they've been harvesting, the combines have been out, and a bit of mixed reaction, I suppose. Yield's not bad, but a um, bit of trouble with the with the height, the straw. <laughs> yeah, they, they said that it was considerably warm up in the north of the island, especially this summer, so they haven't got quite the growth. So there's not much straw about, apparently, but... Uh, yeah, I think the yields haven't been too bad, though. No, I took a trip uh, as well to speak to John Quayle at the Jerby Country Fair to find out uh, a bit of history about it and uh, why that uh, they they hold the event. So that was uh, very interesting. So stay uh, listening for that one. And also, um, the Food and Drink Festival, a quick look back on it because obviously we're covering it and uh, just got the views of Audrey Fowler, the marketing director for DEFA, um, just to find out because it really was a great opportunity for whatever part of the industry of food production or drink production uh, that people are on the Isle of Man. It's the perfect and ideal place for them to to try and set their stall alight, so to speak, isn't it? That's right. And you can also meet the producers and see where it comes from and see what effort goes into making these lovely products. And it was nice that you can have a chat and all sorts of people from Christmas puddings to, to meat, the drink. It was, it was fab. It was a really great place for for people to get yeah and you you were mixing uh, you were mixing with the celebrities yes gareth win jones <laughs> celebrity hill farmer he certainly yeah brought the room down he's a real character and so passionate about food production and how it's grown and to get a good return to the farmer from whatever product they're trying to sell and yeah he's very very inspiring yeah so he'll be in the program as well so sit back and enjoy countryside manx radio's countryside is brought to you by nfu mutual <laughs> Well, welcome to the new series of Countryside. We've had a bit of time off, Kiri, haven't we? Uh, plenty to be doing on the farm, of course, at this time of year, though, for yourselves. Yeah, a very busy time at the minute. We're trying to get the corn in, uh, straw baled, and also it's tupping time. Yeah, I mean, when you say about trying to get the corn in, is that, is that the, the harvest and stuff? Yeah. Is still in? You're not, you're not sowing it already? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just trying to harvest the oats and, yeah, short, short supply of straw. So I hear this year with a bit of drought up north. So, yeah, things are going to be quite tight this winter, I suspect. Yeah, I've seen some, some crops there that just didn't have the, the length. I, I suppose the yields would be fairly good off them, but the straw didn't seem to have the length that uh, it's used to normally. But I haven't heard too much complaints uh, from the farmers. No, grass has grown well at the minute. I think people are quite happy with their silage crops. And, 
Yeah, it's a, a nice time of year, plenty of sunshine at the minute, so hopefully it'll be a nice back end, really. Yeah, well, we were at the Isle of Man Food and Drink Festival, of course, uh, the other weekend, and very successful it was as well. I was there on the Sunday, and after being round for the day and in all the various tents that uh, were really supportive of the Manx people who were there uh, promoting the Manx produce, and I caught up with the marketing director for DEFA, Audrey Fowler and asked her opinion of how the event went. We're really pleased this is our eighth year now and it's steadily grown every year more exhibitors than ever before we've had 60 exhibitors this year lots of new outside caterers all using Manx produce um, this is only a, a good thing this is brilliant. What's attracting them to this because is it because their new business is starting up diversification and they want to sort of advertise that they've got something new? Yeah I mean they, I think they see the Isle of Man Food and Drink Festival as the place to be to show people that they're using Manx produce more and more people are bought into buying local now so they see that as a good business opportunity. And it's nice that the, the Isle of Man creameries and various parts that, you know, maybe maybe we don't need to see them because they're well known and, and established, but they still come. Oh yeah, no, I think we do need these established businesses here. Um, the Isle of Man creameries, Laxa Glen Flour Mills, they are our representation of the farmers out there. And the public do still want to see these people here, even though there's new artisans coming along all the time. One thing I spoke to some of the ones over there with the uh, South African and African stand there yeah. as well and they said well we have to import a lot of spice and things but we still maybe use 50% of Manx stuff when, whenever they can. Yes that's right um, we've not only got the African ladies there we've got Thai and Jamaica they're all using Manx produce in their cooking uh, and they're going back to their restaurants and their outside caterers all promoting Manx. What about the cookery demonstration side of it? Uh, has that gone down well again? Yeah, sure. We've had uh, lots of diversification in that theatre this year. We're not just doing the chef competitions, um, but there's other new people there exper experimenting with Manx produce. Yeah. I suppose there's more of the home chefs now. Uh, I'm trying, people trying to make things a little bit different at home, isn't it? Because yeah. of all the television programmes and stuff. And they can still learn something from even the people just selling it here. They've got ideas of how they may maybe cook their queenies or do this with pork yeah. and what have you. Um, well, every year we try to introduce something new. And this year we tried the Taste and Talk marquee where people are at home or experimenting in their kitchen but they're not quite sure what the public's opinion is going to be on it. Uh, we had one lady doing Manx soup, all made with Manx vegetables and things, but she wasn't quite sure how far to go with it. And she's got the public's opinion, got them to mark on a little survey what they thought, and she's quite confident to do something now, you see. So there's others like that. So we're hoping to give people a stepping stone here to grow their business. And not just food, the drink side of it, the people from Camera here and the Apple Orchard and things like that. So lots of drinks trying to be made and manufactured on the island. Yeah, we've got Bifrost, they're new here this year. Well, they were here last year, but they're, they're trying out new products all the time. Yeah. And Gareth Wynne-Jones, oh, what's he made of it? He's been a real star, you know, um, talking about farming and uh, the diversification that we all need to take on board. Um, yeah, he's been really inspirational for us all. And, of course, he's been featured on the Hill Farm uh, television series and obviously from the hills in Wales. And there'll be a lot of the Isle of Man that's similar to what he's used to as well. Yeah, sure. I think the Manx National Farmers Union took him out on Friday and um, had them up on the hills and uh, seen other sheep farmers and actually talking to the farmers at the mart there on Friday night. So, um, yeah, th th it was a really good, good evening, yeah. Has it got easier to organise? Well, we've got a really good template now. 
and it just needs tweaking each year. You need to be having the established things there, but also bring in something new, because uh, everybody wants to see something new. So I think we've got a really good mix going on here. And you've had various venues, but pe some people will think the Alamand Food and Drink Festival in the middle of the Villa Marine Gardens. But I suppose the country people who go to all the, the farmers market and things are, are out in the country sport yeah. anyway. And this gives the, the town people maybe a chance to see what's there? Yeah, well I think if you go back to the original days, we always felt that it should be going to the town. And we have not that many venues around, but the Villa Marina does show off the Manx produce to its very best. I mean, as for a government spend, you're bringing people into Douglas and they're actually going down the street. We've heard that the street is much busier for the two days of the festival. So that is a really good government spend there. You know, we're breaking even now for the Food and Drink Festival. We're in our eighth year, we're able to break even. You know, this is a really good spend with over £100,000 being spent here for the two days. And more because there's new businesses getting made between these exhibitors that we can't actually put a, a, a price on. So we're well over £100,000 spent, so a really good uh, way of spending government money, really. Yeah. And promoting the Alaman and, yes. its, pro and oh, its wonderful projects. We've had word that we've had people from Fleetwood, Sweden, Germany, come specially to this festival really? and tying into other business opportunities that are here. So it's an experience for them, isn't it? So we've got two of the younger generation. What's your name? Jake. Jensen. Now, you come from an Isle of Man farming background, don't you? Um, yeah. What, what do you have on your farm? Um, cows, sheep, some chickens, one or two bulls. Well, that's it, really. Well, that's plenty, though, isn't it? And do, do you learn a lot about the farm and do you, have, do you help out a lot? Yeah, helped out this morning, just delivering some, like, meal up to the cows yeah. in the fields. So it's not, not just about uh, driving big tractors, is it? No. There's a big cycle on the farm and it goes round and round and round. Yeah. Like a life cycle, sort of. Yeah, and do, does your dad always get finished at uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Um, no. <laughs> no. It's a lot of hours to put in, isn't it? Would you like to be a farmer on the farm or on the farm when you're older? No. Why? Too much work in it? Yes. Oh. But what else uh, do, you, do you help out with? Not much, really. I'm not really helping on the farm much. I don't really enjoy it. Do any of your brothers or sisters help out? Um, yeah, my little brother helps out. He enjoys it quite a fair bit. What would you like to see your farm grow or, or be into on the farm? Or are you happy enough with the chickens, cows and sheep? I'm happy enough with that, all that. Yeah. Good man. All right. Thanks for talking to us. It's okay. There we are. Two of the youngsters enjoying the hospitality that was put on in the Isle of Man Creamery's tent, uh, given the youngsters plenty to be getting on with and uh, given their views uh, of farming in the future, whether they'd like to into it or not. And before that, Audrey Fowler, the marketing director uh, for DEFA, with a very uh, positive outlook on how the event went, Kiri. It was a very busy weekend. There's lots of people attended. I went on the Sunday afternoon also and yeah, the place was packed and lots of people buying stuff buying local Manx produce and it was really really nice to see the good thing about that sort of event is they're not just walking into somewhere now are they and having a look at it they're actually places there that are cooking it for them there and then and you know special offers so it's a great chance to promote it and sadly that's what's needed because people are sort of going oh, well it's 20 pence cheaper but you know what you're getting and they were proving it on the day weren't they that's true and they were also able to speak to some of the farmers especially on the meat counters they were able to see where the farm is where it's produced and, and they're selling it for themselves and it was really nice to see yeah and it could be an interesting time I suppose Kiri ahead 
for the agricultural world in particular we're talking about as well as the fisheries and forestry because obviously uh, the former minister for DEFA Richard Ronan um, retired now from politics and they'll have to to pick a new minister so uh, there'll be lots of I suppose chatting around the marts and sales uh, from the Manx farmers of maybe who they'd prefer as chief minister won't they yeah change is always quite good but manx people don't always like change which is always a bit controversial but yeah quite exciting times ahead surely we'll drive forwards one way or another maybe the uh, the guest at the isle of man food and drink festival uh, gareth Wynne jones uh, would be a chief minister of course from the the bbc hill farm series yeah you were chatting to him were you yeah gareth is very passionate about agriculture he's doing a lot to promote the agricultural industry especially in north wales he puts a lot on social media and twitter he's, he's very well followed by just general public and he had a packed schedule when he was on the isle of man so just recently i've caught up with him to see what he thought reflecting back oh the welcome was unbelievable i was not expecting um, that kind of welcome and uh, the way people were was just moving really you know they came to pick me up from the airport i got to meet so many unique farmers yeah uh, i've got something really special to sell and you know the stock was in top form and do you know what kenny we we went for a spin with ian and um, went to his farm we did a bit of a lunch and a bit of an introduction and then he said right come into my place i've got a quad for you and then he said, like, we're going to go up, up onto the mountains. I absolutely loved it because it was just, I wasn't dressed for it, actually, because I had my best sports jacket on. And <laughs> I was covered in my Oh, yeah, no. You know I loved every minute. Yeah, and, and it was like, really, because I can see the same landscapes and the same type of people, you know, the hills and the lowlands. Yeah. And I think you live in a, in a beautiful area. And what I noticed by travelling up the mountain was the diverse wildlife you've got there as well. I counted at least 16 mountain hares there. And, you know, that proves to me that agriculture, nature and wildlife can work together. Um, Oh, absolutely. And that's important. I think we we don't sell enough of that as ourselves, you know, as an industry that we are custodians of the countryside. And I think um, the Isle of Man's got so much to offer. We're very lucky with it being protected, you know, with the water right around us. You know, how does it compare to Wales? You know, you're a bigger island, but, you know, we have a lot of opportunities, I imagine, here. You know what? I can see so much opportunities to sell what you've got, you know, especially the lamb. I had three lamb dinners over there. Oh, wow. They were trying to convert me. (laughs) (laughs) I've even got some mank sheep coming over here in the the next couple of weeks. Oh, goodness me. People are just so kind, you know, it's just us with the Manx and a few and, and your government. But again, going back to the lamb, you know, and, and the beef and you know, the produce you've got there, I think you could sell it a lot better. I think you should have a PGI on it, you know, and, and, and get people to understand that, you know, the connection with your island and the sustainability, you know, I didn't know that you were TB free as well. Dairy yeah. sector's doing really well there, you know, your cheeses are, are being sold everywhere. You know, you don't have varroa in your in your honeybees. These are all fabulous ways that you could be selling your produce. And especially now, you know, we're, we're, we're in a very, very difficult situation, I think. We are. And we need to look for new markets. And, you know, I, I invite 25 American guests here every Saturday and sometimes on a Monday as well, and I talk to them. And they want to learn. They want to come to Europe. They want to meet 
unique places like the Isle of Man, like My Hill Farm. And I think you should, you guys should be looking at that kind of market as well, you know, you, so you can have some agri-tourism, get yeah. people educated. And that will open the door again then for when these guys go back to the States, to wherever they live, and they'll say, oh, we tried that lamb, we tried that beef, you know, the pies and the food and the, and the manx side, that was really good as well. <laughs> and get all these things, you know, get, get that buzz going because... I think today, you know, as farmers, we're very, very good, very efficient at production, but very yeah. poor at selling. And we need to change. We need to be more business-minded. We need to sell what we do because a lot of us work really hard mm-hmm. to yes. this food. And we don't think about the sales side of it. We just put, put them lambs in a trailer, close the back door, and that's it. It's forgotten about. But that can't be the case. You know, we've got social media, we've got opportunities where we can invite people into our lives and sell some of the most amazing produce, I think, in the world. You're very, very similar to us. You've got something unique to sell on the island. People talk about buying local, the food miles, these cheap imports. It's sometimes it's, you hear it time and again, oh, we're a big family, we can't afford, you know, our, your produce is so much dearer. Yeah, and cheap food has a cost, you know. Cheap food has a cost to the environment and it has a cost to us as a nation as well. And I think investing in our children, investing in a healthy, balanced diet and not being a throwaway society. Because I think, Kitty, myself, when you see people buying four burgers for a pound, and they might be poor, these people might be poor and they can't afford it, but that gives you an idea of that food is throw away, so they'll eat half a burger and they'll throw it away. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather people paying three or four pounds for a burger and eating it all, and eating it maybe three times a week instead of every single day. Mm-hmm. And I think yep. this is the way, as a nation, as a country, we want to move forward and be more sustainable. Because, you know, the people in the world, the numbers are growing, and they're always going to have to eat. But, you know, to be sustainable... We can't be any more efficient. We can't cut any more corners. Food's got to be more expensive. But we've got to have a respect for the animals we produce as well. You know, we put a lot of time and a lot of effort into producing our lamb and beef and things. And I don't think it's right to throw that in the bin. I think, you know, that animal's given its life and we've worked hard to produce it. And I think it should be respected. And I think, you know, it should be paid a fair price across the board for all farmers we don't want to be millionaires we want a fair price for what we produce and we want a fair price for our customer as well and we want them to enjoy and i mean this i enjoy tasty wholesome food seasonality as well you know and i think the island man could be a blueprint for the whole uk i'd love to see you guys be self-sufficient and growing more of your own produce You know, you've got one big supermarket there. I spoke to them. I think they're keen to get on board to get more local produce in there. I'd really like to see that happening because they're big players today. It doesn't matter how we look at it. And, you know, I'm one of the biggest um, (laughs) people that have said so much about, we won't go down that line, but I've said a lot about supermarkets. But, you know, we've got to to be realistic. They're 80% uh, the food bought in, in our country is bought through the supermarket. There is a niche for the local and the smaller shop and the butchers every single day of the week. But 
again, we have to work with the supermarkets. And I think the big processors and the big supermarkets could do a heck of a lot more. And I think somewhere like the Isle of Man has an opportunity with government, especially yeah. now when you've just gone through through your elections. It's a great time. I'd love to see it happening because, you know, we as a nation then could look how they've done it. And I think, Kitty, that mixed farms are better for the nature and wildlife. Instead of all your eggs being in one basket as a farm, if you've got a bit of pigs and you grow a little bit of cereal, keep some sheep and you've got um, some chickens and whatever you, you, you do, mix farms are better for the whole environment. And food doesn't need to travel hundreds no. and thousands of miles. We can grow it here. We've done it for generations. And we're in a situation now where only 60% self-sufficient. So 40% of food is imported. So if you make that as a sum, by the end of August, if we didn't have imports, this country, Great Britain, would go hungry. Yeah. Now, that's not right to me. I think we need to change that and we need to be more sustainable and not dependent on imports and watch after our own country and our own people and start from the bottom, from the ground, from the farmers, work together. That was Gareth Wynne-Jones, the celebrity farmer, on his visit to the Isle of Man. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, there isn't that many events going on in Derby, especially at this time of year, but one particular one that's been going for many years is the Derby Country Fair. There's a lot going on behind the scenes of it, and I caught up with John Quayle. This is the fourth one we've had now, the object being to raise funds for the Derby Endowments Committee, who then help elderly people in the parish towards hidden costs during the winter months, especially around Christmas time. Well, we'll come back to that in a second or two, but the, today you're very honoured to have uh, one of the police dogs and the handlers there today? We were honoured to have the police dogs here, and they gave a short demonstration of what or how the dogs work in uh, checking out people for drugs, etc. It's a shame that they couldn't be outside today because of the weather, but that's one of those things. But we were very appreciative of them turning up as the, the dogs are not far of house not far away of course just at the, the prison other thing was that so many people have come and they've made tapestries and crocheted things and made dolls uh, homemade cakes it's been a real community effort hasn't it yes there are quite a number of people who support it with or have supported it with produce etc today and particularly the vegetable side with tomatoes potatoes, cabbages, beetroots, which seem to have been a good crop all round this year. We thank all those that have given towards that. It's gone back a long way, though, isn't it? The, the, it's called the Endowment uh, Committee or the Endowment Fund now. I mean, how far back does it go? It was started by the Board of Social Services way back in 1951. Previous to that, it was called Poor Law Guardians Committee and... That committee had very little money, but sometimes the government itself gave money to that and in turn that committee gave some money out to assist those people who were poor, which is what poor law is. And way back in the, before 1951, 
but from 1951 it was formed. Every parish had an endowments committee and to be on that it's made up of five people who have to be living or residing in that particular parish. One of those had to be appointed by the church and they sit and consider if people need help even in hard times during the summer sometimes you would assist here and there with money towards maybe keeping the electric on in the house because the people just not afford it at the time. It's a sort of anonymous thing as well John isn't it? Well the committee you have to it's an awkward committee to be on in a way because we often hear people saying why can't I get anything and then people used to think that when you became or get your old age pension, you're entitled to something from the, the endowments committee, but it's not that way. The committee have to sort of look around the parish and try and suss out, if that's the word, whether we think that somebody is in need. Many a time we get it wrong, and you can be embarrassed sometimes by it, but uh, some do, and we usually go to anybody that we think that might be deserving and ask them first, would they accept it? And not everybody does because they think it's charity and not everyone will accept charity, which it's maybe an old-fashioned way, but that's the, the people are proud and they don't always accept. Is it still helped by the church or by government? No. About three years ago, most of the endowments on the island have now closed. So it's fairly rare, the one at Jervie? Yes, there's not many endowments now on the island. I do know of some of the parishes that have wound up the little bit of money they had and either gave it to something else to, in the parish and closed their accounts and closed the endowments committees. But Jervie is one of the ones that is still going quite strong. John Quayle talking about the Derby Country Fair and uh, its origins and uh, really what it's all about, the money raising in it and of course the, you know, the, the sort of, when you hear like sort of coal funds and things like that, Kiri, it's uh, it's marvellous, you know, these little sort of secret things that have been going on for years, uh, you know, anonymously giving people something towards heating and stuff like that, you know, the needy. Yeah, traditions, it's nice to see them continue, and especially in the modern modern day, lots of things are getting lost, but country fairs are a great way for people to catch up. And, yeah, the the giving to the needy has always been a nice part of the Manx way, and it's nice to still see it happening. Yeah, have you got a fiver you can borrow? <laughs> <laughs> Another event that's going to be on is in Dorby, uh, at the Dorby Harvest Home. That's happening on Sunday, the 2nd of October. And, uh, of course, the church and schoolrooms, they'll be decorated throughout with colours of autumn gathered from the gardens and hedges. And there's all sorts of things, from jams, chutneys, cakes and teas, and probably a lot of country folk that will be there as well. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. There we are. That was this week's Countryside, the first in the new series. Of course, we'll be continuing every week with the programme, Kiri and myself. And if you've got anything for Countryside, let us know. Leave a message for Kiri Kermode or Simon Clark here at Manx Radio, or you can send an email to countryside at manxradio.com. It's as simple as that. We'd love something uh, new and diverse for the programme, just like farmers are trying to do. That's right. Keep it fresh. So until next week... me, Simon Clark. And me, Kerry Gomez. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. 
Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.